This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, everyone. Before we start the show, we'd like to announce our new partnership with Therese Eyewear. Therese specializes in Polaroid glasses for outdoor folks like us that won't break the bank. Now, they have many styles to choose from, whether you're biking, jogging, playing sports, or like us on the water all day where we need to keep that sun glare down to catch fish. Now, with a lifetime warranty, 60-day fitment replacement, saltwater corrosion, and scratch resistance, how much can you add, more can you ask for? Therese has something to offer for everyone. Now, don't forget to use our coupon code TIDECHASERS at checkout on their website at therese.com. That's T-O-R-E-G-E.com for a 20% off discount for all our listeners. Now, let's get on with the show. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Tide Chasers Podcast. Uh, we do apologize. Last week, we didn't drop one because a lot of us, a few of us, have actually went to ICAST. A lot of our guests have gone to ICAST, so we kind of just figured we'd take a little break, give an opportunity to catch up, you know, do all the ICAST things and come back. And that, which pretty much leads us into what today's show is, you know, uh, we're bringing back one of our uh, older guests really early on in the, uh, the show, the podcast early season when we first started, bringing him back because uh, you know what, he actually attended ICAST. This is his actually second season, so he's going to pretty much tell us why ICAST is. Bobby went. Uh, once last year, so he went last year. So oh, yeah, I forgot to introduce Bobby. Bobby, what are you doing over there? Um, got a bunch of deadlines coming up. I got a lot of bucktails I got to tie, so I'm multitasking tonight. Multitasking. So I if, if Bobby to... doesn't give us too much attention, you know he's over at time bucktails. So yeah. we'll just yell My at him. Favorite I Strike. Shout out to I Strike. Uh, Jigheads, which maybe we can talk about because they just won an iCast. Yeah, we're gonna definitely talk about that. And but, you know, uh, we're, we're drinking some drink and we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, I got my iced tea and my Jameson. Bobby's got his glass as always. You now, Bobby can't do no show without his glass. That's right. And I gotta tell you, for all of our listeners, last week we had Kirk Marks and we turned it into a fun drinking game where every time he said rockfish, I would take a drink. Yeah, that didn't end up real quiet at the end of the show because he's from Maryland and says rockfish a lot. So 
Uh, we probably need to pick a new word for this show. We'll let Tyler choose it, I think. Oh, and, and I probably should introduce our guest for the day. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Bobby. Lead uh, away. Jump on into it. So our guest is uh, one of my good friends and owner of Real Lines Fishing Co., which is a brand new magazine online that you guys should check out. Uh, I do a little bit of editing for Tyler on the side with that. Um, but let's bring back our good friend, Tyler Wilksack. Um, who actually did uh, a show very early on, like Qua said, on musky fishing. So, Tyler, how you doing, my friend? Good, Bobby. Good, Qua. Great to be on. Love what you guys do every week. So, I'm happy to be here. Super excited. So, I will tell you, first thing I have to do is apologize because I wish I could have made it to ICAST with you. I went last year with you. Just wasn't in the cards for me this year, unfortunately. But I really missed it. Had a lot of FOMO going on. Um, but why don't we start off by you giving us your experience of iCast and actually explaining what iCast is for all of those folks who are unaware of what's going on. Sure, absolutely. So um, iCast is essentially the biggest fishing industry trade show. And so what I mean by, you know, all encompassing the fishing industry is you've got manufacturers, retailers, media members, all coming together for one big convention, essentially. Um and for those people who may have attended some of the other more regional shows, um, like the big one for me out here in central Pennsylvania is the Great American Outdoor Show in uh, Harrisburg, or I know you guys have the Saltwater Expo up there in uh, Edison, I believe. So this is different than that, whereas, um, you know, it's not open to the public. It's media members only uh, and retailers only put on by the American Sport Fishing Association. Um, and essentially what is it's where all the major companies come together, they're showcasing their latest and greatest products, and they're either trying to sell them to retailers so they can take them back to their tackle shops and put them there, or um, they're trying to showcase it to media members like myself who are going to go back um, and talk about these new products on social media or write about them in magazine articles, um, so some of those kinds of things. On top of that, there's awards for best in category for... A lot of different options. I mean, we'll talk about some of them this evening. Um, I'm not really sure if the awards do much for that company, but it congratulates them on creating a, a nice product that we all probably will love come down the road. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, uh, having gone, you know, last year with me, there's, I believe there's about 30 different categories um, to vote on for products. So media members like myself, uh, one of the first nights of the show, we get to go into what's called the new product showcase where um, every company submits the products that they want to be featured and potentially have voted on to win first best of their category, such as, you know, freshwater reel, saltwater rod, uh, soft plastic lure, and so on. Or um, once they've won the category, each one of those 30 products then gets narrowed down to voting for best of show for ICAST. So, um, you know, it's pretty prestigious, pretty exciting for companies to win best of category, especially for uh, winning best of show, considering that this year at ICAST, there were over 900 new products in the new product showcase alone. So, um, you know, one out of 900, that's a pretty prestigious award. And, um, you know, they get a nice little cool trophy they can go display at their booth and can bring back for years to come and, you know, hold that title of having, you know, best new rod of 2021 or best new uh, cooler of 2022, anything like that. So pretty exciting stuff. So for ICAST, how many how many days is the actual event itself? And and and, and usually where is it held? Is it held at the same same location every year? Same venue? Same week, give or take? 
So from my understanding, ICAST is always held at the uh, Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. Um, I first tried to register to go in 2020, and I was supposed to go, but that got wiped out because of COVID. Um, so then last year was my first year, and then going back this year. Um, ICAST is a total of about four days. So Tuesday is the first day of the show. They do this big called ICAST Cup uh, bass fishing tournament first thing on Tuesday morning. And then like mid-morning through early afternoon on Tuesday, they do something called the on-the-water product demonstration where a number of the rod reel companies, uh, kayak companies, and some others, they set up tents outside of the convention center where there's a huge pond and you can actually go test out some of the new products. Um, and then Tuesday night, is where voting opens for media members in the new product showcase. Plus there's other uh, press conferences going on for media members as well from some of the big companies. Like I know that uh, Pure Fishing, which owns Berkeley, Penn, uh, Plano, a bunch of those other ones, they hold some press conferences. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are all about uh, the exhibition on the show floor. So going through um, to every company's booth, getting to meet with representatives, checking out all the new products and talking about everything. Uh, plus the, uh, the happy hour that follows afterwards and the award ceremonies, which I know Bobby's a big fan of, and maybe he can talk about that a little bit too later on. I love the happy hours there. They're so much fun. It Bob, might be Bob, the best happy hour ever. I, I mean, mean Bob, Bobby loves happy hour anywhere. Anyway, that is a good point, but, but there's a, it's, it's quite special because it's, well, it's all of your friends and all of the people that love fishing all together, drinking, having a good time. And then the big companies, there's they put on showstoppers. I mean, the thing that sticks out the most to me was bubble blades. Um, yes. They brought in last, it wasn't, I don't know what they did this year. I'm sure it was something great, but they brought in a whole tuna and had a professional chef fillet it right in front of there and then gave out sashimi and, and sushi wow. along with their own specialized beer to showcase their knives, of course. And I'll tell you what, it made me want to go home and buy another Bubba, um, which they do make really good knives. So if, Shout out to Bubba for all of their uh, cutlery that they make. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Bobby. I know you're uh, you're upset you weren't there, but they did it again this year too. Of course they did. I'm not surprised. Oh, hurt breaks yeah. my heart, Tyler. They uh, they start out at four o'clock, wheel out the cart, pass out cans of beer to everybody, and then they uh, bring out the tune on the box of ice, fillet it up right there, give you a little demo, give you some sushi. It's uh, it's a good time. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if anyone has the opportunity to go and check it out, definitely should go see what's new and upcoming for the year and also take advantage of all the fun things they put on. Um, so where do you want to start, Tyler? Um, well, maybe one of the things that I'll mention is, is just cause since we're talking about just kind of the show in general is, um, you know, for those, if you're not familiar with ICAST, you do have to be what's called a credentialed member to get in. So essentially you have to either work for a company that has a booth there work for a retailer who's going to be going there to buy products or you have to be a member of the media to get in. So, um, you know, it is kind of exclusive, but like, you know, you were saying, if you do have the opportunity to go, it's like fishing heaven for me. So you definitely don't want to miss that opportunity. Um, but I would say if you're not able to go, the best thing you can do is to either, um, you know, follow some media members like ourselves or, uh, check out, you know, ICAST social media and you're not going to miss anything with the latest and greatest products. Totally. Um, I think we should get into what was your favorite new product of this year? Ooh, I know that's a question. That, that's straight that's to the point. One. That's straight to the point right there. Yeah, let's get let's get into it. I mean, I have well, when I start because of course they release everything at one, and 
and they show most of this stuff online. Uh, biggest surprise for me uh, was the cooler that won. Yes. Uh, yeah, I saw that cooler. It looks pretty uh, crazy looking. I mean, it was the first time that company was ever there, and I'm trying to remember the name. The Packback. Packback. Yes, Packback is the name of the company. Um, so Packback, um, like you said, it, it's a brand new company. I think it's out of Anchorage, Alaska. They, you know, after they won Best of Show for all of iCast with their new cooler, which is called the P88 MK Combo. Um, I checked their Instagram. They had something like 350 followers on Instagram, just to give you an idea for how new they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was this really cool product. You know, you might just think like, oh, a cooler is a cooler, um, you know, but this is really something unique. So it's an 88 quart cooler that has multiple different chambers in it. And essentially, in addition to being this really big cooler, it also has a removable and a rechargeable vacuum sealer as well as a built-in cutting board table or a cutting board and um, like a portable fillet table that can fold out over the side of the cooler. So it was kind of designed by the company to be your all-in-one fillet station, uh, being able to preserve your catch and keep it cold all at the same time. Um, and there was actually some, you know, really cool stories that the owner of the company um, was talking about, which, you know, was really just touching. He was talking about how essentially, um, I guess a couple of years ago, he was out in Las Vegas when that tragedy happened at the, uh, the country concert and he uh, lost his best friend and kind of really went into a dark place after that and was essentially homeless. Um, and then from that, he was able to kind of get back on his feet, work his way back up. And then, you know, he's, he's coming up with this idea for a cooler and winning best in show at ICAST. So, you know, you could just really feel the emotion um, from these guys being very much like all of us who are new in the industry and how much of a big deal it was for them to win that award, you know, and going from kind of the new kids on the block to having every major camera crew around them and people wanting to take pictures and interview them. Um, so that was, you know, a cool product and a really cool touching story as well. I mean, I could see that being real useful in Alaska where they're from, where you catch a salmon real quick. You don't want to have it on the stringer because they're going to get eaten by a bear. So you mm -hmm. chop it up real quick, throw it in the cooler, and then it's protected from all the grizzlies that are out there. Absolutely. And I believe they didn't have it at the show, but I believe um, one of the things they were talking about as well that I heard them giving an interview for is that they do actually have a cart that you can buy with it too, because it is a pretty large size. So, um, you know, to make it a little bit more portable, they do have that as well. No, it's got to come key in as well. Yeah. That's what I said. It's going to come keynoted in tuna guys because they can literally yes. dress the tuna on the boat, slice into pieces, backpack it, and on ice right away. You know what I mean? Like, yep. hey, Bobby, I think we need one for the drift boat. <laughs> Please, we are not killing those trout on that river. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> not the trout, Bobby. The goose. Oh, the, the goose. Geese. Cast and blast. You're right. Cast yes. and blast, man. Cast and blast. You can play that goose right on the boat, not have to deal with the carcass. Don't backpack it right into back right on ice. <laughs> That's what it's for. Not the trout up at the we're not the talking West about trout. Yeah, we're talking about gooses here. Sorry. Or, or I guess maybe too, you know, I don't know how practical this would be, but uh, I could see somebody carrying it down to the beach. Like if you're surf fishing for uh, you know, Bobby, here's your word of the day. I'm gonna say flounder because I know a lot of people are gonna say fluke, but I'll say flounder. So 
There's our word of the day. day. I saw I saw a Facebook post today. Somebody freaking out that they called it flounder, actually. So really, uh, but but cheers. Yep, cheers. That one. Oh. So where are we going with this? So how about what? How, how about let's let's do what you're working on right there, right? So you're you're working on that bucktail, right? So you're using the uh, the eye strike um, jig heads. So let's talk about eye strike. Eye strike, because uh, since eye strike has been one of our guests on here, you know David and them. Mm-hmm. So let's uh they they won an award this year. Explain it to us. Yeah, sure. So um, eye strike, you know, we, we've talked, you guys talk a lot about on the, the show about their jig heads and the great work they do with the um, release over 20 program and their partnerships with Z-Man. So um, the eye strike jig heads actually won um, best new terminal tackle at the show for some of their new jig heads. They're called the diesel eye jig heads. Um, they come in a couple of different sizes. So the two sizes they had at the show, there is a six aught hook and an eight aught hook size. Um, and just kind of reading through and talking to some of the company members, Z-Man says they pair really well with their five and seven inch soft plastic baits. Um, and they also, as far as the jig head sizes itself, they start at three eighths ounce and go all the way up to three ounces, um, with those jig heads. So that would be ideal for catching what? I would say stripers, so, reds, snook, all the all the big guys, man, five to sevens. Yeah. I was trying to drink, Qua. You kind of missed the point. Flounder. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, we're, um, I mean, flounder, I mean we're, go, we're going down south. I mean, we're talking about Florida. It's all about flounder, man. And I think, too, when I was in a tactical shop down in um, Ocean City, Maryland, when I was on vacation a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sure I saw a Z-Man swim bait called the um, – I want to say it was called the diesel minnow or something like mm-hmm. that. So I would think that that would probably be the ideal uh, bait that you could pair it up with. Not that you couldn't do other things, but um, you know, maybe that's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah definitely. Though. But yeah, big congratulations going out to the, uh, the ice strike guys out there, Dave, man, congratulations. And especially all our guys from the, uh, the ice strike team, you know, we got even our co-host Dan, you know, he's on the ice strike team, Adele, Dana, you know, all those guys, man, congrats on your team and winning a big this year. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats, guys. It definitely put a little smile on my face when I saw the not only the eye strike jigs at the new product showcase, but also the fact that they were able to uh, to win that award. So that was cool. I will tell you, I'm using the redfish eyes right now, which I love for catching fluke. I just think they tie up so nice and it looks so great, but I'm going to have to give the diesel a try when I go offshore and they need those heavier weights to get down deep. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They, they, I've seen them and I was like, man, these things are going to be killer for some like big jumbo paddle tails yeah and yeah. Stuff. yeah oh yeah all right any other new products you've seen that kind of like dazzle and flyers you know i wish i could go there and see 900 new products i'd be i my mind would be just blown walking around just like <laughs> oh my god it's overwhelming man it really is I'll, I'll tell you what you know just going through all the booths and talking to people if you get into some deep conversations um i don't even think on the first day when i was there for uh, something like eight hours i didn't even make it through half the show floor Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like you said, your, your mind just feels like almost like a goo afterwards. You got to go back through and reread everything. Cause there's so much stuff. Um, so as far as products that really kind of stood out to me, um, I'm a huge St. Croix rods fan. Like that is the, the, the product that I use most often that I advocate most people, um, to use. So there was a couple of new rods that they came out with, 
one especially that I like is the, um, it's called the rift jig rod, which is like a vertical jigging rod. So I have the older version of it myself, the mojo jig, and they just updated it. Um, so essentially, you know, for what we're doing up here in the Northeast, that's going to be a great rod for if you're going out on your own boat or a head boat, a party boat, and you're doing bottom fishing, you know, over wrecks or artificial reefs and natural reefs, stuff like that. So, you know, I use mine a lot when I go out for uh, black sea bass, or I even take it up to the Nantucket Shoals. And I've done some, uh, I'll say fluke this time trips up there. Um, so what they, they did is they came out with this jig rod. They came out with more models. There's 12 conventional and uh, spinning models combined. And they upgraded the carbon from uh, SC2 carbon that they use to an SC3 carbon, which is a higher grade. Um, if you use a Mojo Inshore by St. Croix, their newest ones also have that level of carbon in it. So it's going to make it much more sensitive, much lighter. Um, and, and to me, it's a great rod. I love that. So that was probably a product that really stood out to me. And I was I was pretty excited to see um another one no, oh, i'm sorry go ahead cutting you off uh i was surprised about is what actually won best water salt rod best salt water rod oh boy yes oh, already <laughs> yeah i was pretty surprised by that too you know um the best new saltwater rod was something that we all maybe got started with when we first were saltwater fishing or you know maybe if you have kids your kids are using it but it was ugly stick really yeah um so ugly stick which is owned by pure fishing that whole big conglomerate of a lot of different brands of stuff um they came out with one called the carbon inshore rod which um ironically enough is 100 percent graphite hmm. and um it also has a solid graphite tip so it's supposed to make it a lot more sensitive than maybe some of the other rods that wouldn't necessarily put that much graphite up top um, so yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise to me, you know, Hey, I've, I fished ugly sticks before when I was younger, that was probably one of my first saltwater rods. I know my dad has some older ones up in the attic, but, um, you know, kind of everybody went back to the, uh, I guess the tried and true that they knew growing up. Did you ever do the ugly stick test? I was always scared to do it. You ever seen them do it? No, I haven't. I can't you know, when they, 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 they put it on a, a one gallon jug and then they lift it. That well, that, that or they just literally when they demo them, they just take them and they bend them all the way in half and they touch the tip to the handle. It's nuts. And oh, they, they, I think they did that on the uh, what the older GX2s, I think they did that test. Yeah, it might have been that one. I mean, those things are unbreakable. I'm gonna have to look that up now because I did not know anything about that. And I'm definitely may or may not go dig my old ugly stick out of the attic tonight and give that a try. I might have I might have one laying around somewhere too myself. So. I'll tell you what, if you do that, please video it. So no guarantees. No matter what happens, we get sent it to Ugly Stick. If it breaks, well, we'll still send it to Ugly Stick. <laughs> Just make sure you wear safety glasses while you're doing it. True, true. Yeah, that would not be a good thing. Uh, um, what run best freshwater rod? Best freshwater rod was actually a St. Croix rod. Um, they came out with a new version of their legend tournament bass rod. They actually redid their entire legend tournament series. So they have a species specific legend tournament rod now. So there's one for bass, one for walleye, pike, muskie. Um, there might be one or two others that I'm, I'm missing, but the legend tournament bass won the, the best freshwater rod. Um, essentially a lot of what they did was improving both the real seat to make that more comfortable for anglers. Some of the uh, Legend Tournament bass rods, the big models that are designed for fishing, really big swim baits and big um, like artificial lures that are becoming more popular for bass 
they actually added a second handle on it, like a big swim bait handle um, to make it more comfortable throwing those baits. And then um, they upgraded the carbon. So it's a blend now of an SC4 plus carbon and their iCast glass. So before St. Croix had really high end carbon rods. So essentially um, the way their carbons work is you start down something like SC2 carbon and you work your way up to SC4. Um, and then they also had separate glass rods. So this is kind of a mixture of the two. Um, and from what I was talking with their media reps about, essentially, if you ever see a St. Croix rod that has a plus after the name of the carbon, it's they take SC6 carbon, which is too brittle for them to make an entire rod out of, and they blend it with some of the other grades of carbon. That's so, great. and it's all about, it's just all about, you know, improving the sensitivity, making the rod as light as they can what, without sacrificing anything to it. Um, you know, I, I probably know too much <laughs> about St. Croix rods and the stuff they put in their rods. Um, but, you know, I like to know what I'm using. And to me, a rod is the most important tool that you're going to have when you're out on the water. Yeah. I mean, you're not lying about that. You know, if you're really dedicated to a certain brand, you want to know every little detail, every little thing, because it's, it's, just, it's just something embodied in most of us. Like, once we get infatuated, we just start going, digging deeper and deeper. Uh, now, my question is, all right, so these, these rods, these jigs, they all won first of their class. Now, is this, they win because, is it by voting when you guys do that first day walkthrough, or is that something else? Like, how do they, like, how do they tally the votes between all the freshwater rods or all the saltwater rods from all these brands mm -hmm. to come up with the conclusion? Like, all right, we just, we're going to decide this is the top rod that won. Yep. So essentially, um, that's a good question. On, on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, when we go to vote, um, they line us up at the, the booth for the new product showcase. We go in, I have to show my media badge because um, they're only letting certain um, members in. You, don't, you can have certain badge categories to get in and vote. And then they give you a card with all the categories on it. Every product is numbered. Um, and then you're just going to go around. You'll read about it. They have a, a short uh, kind of blurb set up by the company to read about the product. And then whichever one you want to vote for, for each category, you write it down turn in your ballot and they're going to count them up and tally up uh what the winner is going to be gotcha okay. i'll tell you what surprised me most about that process uh it's very archaic it's, it's just like tyler said it's they hand you a piece of paper you go through and you yeah. mark pick it the, off and you pick things up you mess with it and then you're like okay well I'll go to the next one yeah so so if, if they had like 20 rods in the, the rod section right so you have to go you literally have to go fiddle with like 20 rods just to yes. see which one you like okay Essentially, like some a lot of the lures are out in um, glass cases along with the reels and everything, but the um, the rods are all laid out on the floor along with any new apparel or there's like tables they have set up with, you know, terminal tackle and coolers and all that good stuff set up as well. Um, you know, I, I will say this um, and Bobby has witnessed this firsthand, but sometimes going in to vote at the new product showcase that first night because there's a lot of people there, it's pretty chaotic. Um, but sometimes it's not all about the products that are there. It's about the people that you meet when you're there as well. So, um, as, as Bobby can confirm, I am a huge bill dance fan. I'm a bill uh -huh. dance fanboy, essentially. So, uh, you know, when bill dance shows up, I'm running over there, like it's a Justin Bieber concert to go meet him and shake his hand and get a photo or something with him. So that's pretty cool. Plus, um, you know, I ran into uh, Nick Konoshevsky a couple of times at the new product showcase. I love Nick. Love Saltwater Underground. Always enjoy talking to him about what he's got going on too. 
Nick's a fun guy to talk to, man. He'll keep you entertained for hours on it. Oh, absolutely. Nick was down there with, um, oh man, who's the uh, Flip Pallet? Yep. Yeah, Flip Pallet. Flip. He was down there with Flip Pallet before the show, which is kind of cool. And our uh, friend uh, Eric Cohen, who was also on the show, was a big Flip Pallet fan. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, one of my bucket list guests to get Flip on here. But well, that would be, be cool. That's a lot of networking just to get around to be able to talk to him. So who knows? Let's see who we run into down along the line that can get us there. But yeah, so usually like the first night is just kind of going in, you know, vote and, you know, mingle and hang out with other people. But I'll go back into the new product showcase a couple of times throughout the show, mm-hmm. you know, and because it's a lot quieter than afterwards. So I can just go in and spend some time really reading about a lot of the products and and, um, you know, maybe looking at some of the ones that I didn't get to look at as, as in depth the first time around. Mm-hmm. Was there a fly rod section since there's three of us here that do fly? Did you, did, was there a fly section that any, anything about fly? Yeah, there is. So, you know, um, I will say with iCast, it's definitely geared towards, um, you know, like more traditional yeah. freshwater and saltwater sport fishing, but they do have, um, fly fishing products there. So, um, there's a company called Bull Bay Tackle. Um, it's a smaller, fairly newer rod company. They mm-hmm. actually won the best saltwater rod last year. And this year they won uh, best new fly rod with um, a rod called the Banshee. Um, there's also other companies like Gray's and Hardy are big fly companies that are in with Berkeley. Um, I know Gray's came out with some new fly rods and um, Hardy actually came out with a new um, saltwater fly reel that won best fly reel. I think it was called the Fortuna Regent. Um, essentially the, it comes in three different sizes there's an 8,000, which is a seven to nine weight, a 10,000, which is a nine through it's a nine and 10 weight, I think. And then there's a, um, a 12,000, which is 11, 12 and up, um, weight. So yeah, I got the chance to talk to the guys from Hardy and, and check it out. It's really cool. One of the things that impressed me most is the drag system. It's got, I think they said a maximum of 20 pound of drag on it, but what's really impressive is it's just a real quick turn. If you are getting a big um, game fish on, which, you know, this reel is built to ta- tackle some monsters on the fly. It's real easy just to crank that drag down uh, really fast. And it, it gets something like 16 inches of line uh, per turn of the reel. Man, that's almost like a, like a spinning reel to getting 16, 16 inches of line for every turn. That's a big arbor. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a pretty big size reel. Um, didn't get a chance to try it out. I missed the demo day because I was flying down. But, um, you know, I would say that that was definitely the the fly reel that stood out to me. Uh, and then G. Loomis came out with a bunch of new um, fly rods as well. They came out with a new steelhead rod. So for those of you that uh, I know, Kwa, you're just uh, chomping at the bit to get out there and do some winter fishing in 20 degree weather. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> you You're good with that? I'm good well, with that. Maybe, maybe, maybe one year when they have some kind of weird warm climate deal up there, then I'll go. <laughs> I, I don't blame you, buddy. I'll go up. I'll go up there right now. You go up there right now, and I'll, it, I'll be there with you. It's like 100 degrees right now here, so it's got to be somewhat manageable up there, right? Are, are right. there any steelheads at this time? No. <laughs> <laughs> People would see me all wandering around up there, but like, what the hell is this kid doing? I was like, I'm looking for steelhead. 
you know what, if you, if you were up at the salmon river wandering around in the middle of the summer, looking for steelhead, that's probably not the oddest thing they've ever seen at the salmon river. I'm wow, like, I'm, they always say you got to make your own reports, right? I'm like, I'm looking for drop. Yeah, I'm, looking, that. I'm looking for super dropbacks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, the other rod that G Loomis made, it's called the IMX pro E it's a Euro nymphing rod. So um, if you're like me and have become absolutely addicted to nymphing for trout now, whenever I go fly fishing, that might be something that would be cool to check out as well. Um, that's something I've been really practicing up on this spring, started getting pretty good on it. Uh, thanks to my uh, good teacher over there who's tying some flies right now. Um, so yeah, nymphing is, is some cool stuff. Nymphing's fun until he starts yelling at you about it. Set, 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 mm -hmm. but it's the bottom. Sets are free. You, yeah, you, you know the drill. You know the drill. You've been to Bobby's hard yep. crash course learning. I have been. And you know what? It's maybe a better fly fisherman for it. You're welcome. You can hear his voice just cringing right down the back of your spine when he's ready. You know, it's just like he's he's watching the line more than you're watching the line. And then when his voice just comes out, you're, the back of the hair on your spine just stands up. You're so hesitant to set. I'm telling you what, every time now that I go out to the stream, and I'm just staring at that indicator float down the water and it goes underneath. I hear that. I hear him yelling set in my head. Yeah, that's exactly how I work the same way, too. It's just like, I don't care. It's just I see a twitch. Bobby's in my head. Set, set right now. Yep. <laughs> Hook sets are free. Hook sets are free. Amen to that. <laughs> Hook sets are free if flies aren't, right? Exactly. Oh, my God. Why do you think I'm tying my own right now? <laughs> so expensive. Man. All right. And any other interesting products? I know that, I mean, 900 products. It, you could, we could probably do this for like four hours. With yeah, all we products. could, but wait, we, we did rods. Let's do reels real quick. Yeah, we That's did. Yeah, let's do reels. What my you guys read my new uh, ugly stick with? Yeah. You guys read my mind. Um, you know, so as far as my saltwater reels go, I'm a big pen fan, right? Gotta, gotta love the, uh, the company with local roots. Um, so yeah, pen came out with a brand new flagship reel. It's called the pen authority. Um, I forget what their former flagship reel was. I think it was the slammer. The slammer. Um, yeah. The slammer was the, uh, the newest one that came out. That was kind of okay. like the, the big deal for a while. Yes. And, um, so the authority, it, first off, it looks sweet. Um, it comes in 12 different sizes. I was actually kind of blown away when I walked up to the pen booth and I saw all of the same reel and I'm like, what's going on here. And I talked to the guy who was at the pen booth and he said, no, they actually do come in 12 sizes. Um, drag ranges anywhere from as little as 20 pounds up to 60 pounds. Um, they went through all kinds of crazy tests when they were making this rod to make sure, or excuse me, reel, um, to make sure that it was sealed up to prevent no water from getting inside of it when you're fishing it. Um, you could even submerge it in water and, you know, according to them, it's, it's going to stay steel sealed. Um, they use a rating for how waterproof a reel is. It's, mm -hmm. it's called the IPX rating. Yeah. Um, and the pen authority is IPX eight. So I forget what all the technical jargon is about that, but that's supposed to be a pretty high rating. That is the highest, the highest rating. Okay. Yeah, that, I that's look this up because when I was in Florida, I had a redfish blow my previous reel up. I mean, it sat for a while. I soaked it a bunch of times, but it blew up. And I'm a little sad about this because I went out and I got the best reel pen made at the time, which was the slammer. Yeah. It was best reel for the budget. And I, th I think the pen slammer is IPF six, IPX six. And then of course, if I waited two weeks, I could have got myself a nice IPX eight reel, but no, yep. of course, had to wait on the release. 
And the one thing that really stood out to me and really impressed me about the authority when I was talking to Penn about this is the slammer has brass gears inside of it. Mm-hmm. The authority has entirely stainless steel gears. And what they were explaining to me is, is the way that the gears are constructed with that stainless steel and the authority is it's actually going to continue to get smoother as the more you use it. The more you use it, the more the grooves of the gears are going to wear into that stainless steel and it'll make the uh, reel a lot smoother for you. Whereas something like the slammer with the brass is going to wear out over time. That's really nice. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I'm a big pen fan and, you know, I, I thought it was a, a pretty cool reel. Definitely to me, one of the more impressive um, saltwater reels. The other one, um, there were two other saltwater reels that kind of stood out. There was the Daiwa Free Swimmer which is specifically designed by Daiwa to um, be a reel if you're freelining live bait. Um, so like, I know that's a big thing here uh, down in Florida, you know, Bobby, when we went and fished for snook last year, we were um, live lining whole croakers. Yeah. And then um, when I was down there this year, we were live lining mullet. So um, yeah, the Daiwa free swimmer. And then there's also the Shimano, uh saragosa which was designed to be a billfish reel so for those guys out there you know we got white marlin opens coming up here in a couple weeks for those guys out there chasing the billfish um that's a new reel for them it's got something like 56 inches of line per turn um and it's got a drag system that's supposed to be a little bit more gradual and smoother for when those billfish take the big runs very cool i I do Mm -hmm. love those saragosas because i plan on picking one up for like a tuna setup I mean, they're, they're built for like, they're built tough, man. Those things are like, they'll take a beat. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, didn't mention freshwater reels either, but, um, Shimano took home the award for best freshwater reel with the Stella FK. Um, it's got lots of bells and whistles. It's, they, they put everything in. It's got greater durability, cranking power. Um, it also has something interesting. It has a, an anti-twist fin that they've built into the reel that's supposed to reduce line twists as you're, uh, retrieving line because it is a spinning reel so you know um, depending on how you're throwing your baits that can be a, an issue sometimes so uh, that was kind of an interesting little tidbit about that new shimano stella they also do a combo award as well i believe right yes the um the spiros the spiros i believe was the uh shimano combo rod and reel combo that won um that award didn't get a chance to look at that one too much but yeah shimano was um definitely taking home some hardware this year they usually do i, I remember last year they won a bunch of lore awards for their oh i can't forget what it was they had some new jig that they came out with which was super cool last mm-hmm. year um where do we want to go we could talk about clothing a little bit okay yeah we could do that Kind of, um, a, we do uh, like clothing. I love clothing. I'm a big proponent. You got to be dressed to impress the fish. That is, you know, I'll be the uh, the first one to admit that there are definitely times where I do not spend the money on either gear to keep me cool when I'm warm or warm when I'm cold, and I regret it every second that I'm staying out the stream. And I'm just a slow learner when it comes to that. So. Yeah, Bobby's right. You got to have the right stuff when you're out on the water. Um, I regret it every minute standing on Dream Mop. Always. <laughs> During winter, I always regret it because every time I'm on Dream Mop, guess, guess who's taking the first dip? Wow. You Quah. are? 
the special the product for you this year wetsuit i'm wearing a wetsuit to dream mile next time what was it i thought afco won an award oh yes, yes. barricade rain suit acid yep. barricade rain suit which you know i don't know that that's an entirely uh new product this year for afco i think what's really new about it is the color that they're coming out in this green acid camo color that seems to be the trend when i talk to afco and sims is that you take all the products that they had and you start throwing them into camo now. Cause you know, people like me love camo. We rock it when we're out on the water and people are like, Oh, where are you going hunting at? No, I'm going fishing. You gotta wear camo to go fish. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta look good while I'm out on the water. So um, yeah, but that, uh, that barricade rain suit, it's got a couple of um, I think it's, it's two layers of material um, and they added more waterproofing, more durability to it. Um, it's got adjustable straps to, you know, kind of customize it to your size as much as you can. And then I think one of the really smart things they put in that rain suit is they call them double dry cuffs. So it actually, it, it's really able to seal up around the cuffs of your sleeves. So if you're fishing out in the pouring down rainstorm, you're not having rain running down in through your sleeves and getting you soaking wet that way. Or if you fall in. Or if you fall in. You're not going to get water all up your sleeve. Yeah. I, I try to avoid falling in, so I, I don't like to think about that one. That was just a dig at Qua because he always falls in. Yeah, always. So right, I'm looking, I'll, so I'll tell you what, though. Oh, sorry, Qua, go ahead. Now I'm looking at this barricade rain suit, right? So it almost looks like just a, um, what do you call it? What do we call those things? Like the Gruden's when we wear on the uh, the bibs. Is it a full bib or is it actually like a full I'm trying to remember, but I think it's both. Um, a lot of times they'll, you have the bibs and then you have the, uh, the coat that comes with it too. Yeah. So I think sometimes, depending on the way that these companies market it, you know, like AFCO and Sims do things a little bit differently, but um, you know, sometimes you can you just buy the whole suit together or you can buy the pants or the, the coat, you know, whatever kind of fits your style and what you're doing. What I was going to say is you actually know there's science behind the colors. Well, you're the scientist, so I would I would love to hear about that. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you mentioned you just like wearing camo, which of course we all like wearing camos, but there's a reason like when you're fly fishing and standing on the bank, you're supposed to blend in with the trees, actually. So when a trout looks up at the bank, they don't see you standing there, they see a tree in the water. Oh, that makes sense. And then when you're out like in the flats, there's a reason it's bright colors, not only because the bright colors reflect the sun, but you're not supposed to wear like bright red or bright orange. You're supposed to wear like blues and whites. That way, when a fish comes by and you're standing on the polling platform and looks up at you, he just sees the sky and doesn't really see you. So, so Bobby, are, are you trying to tell me that I'm not supposed to wear blaze orange? I'm out there standing on top of the polling platform. A thousand percent, no. I don't know about that. You better talk to Johnny about that because he's always walking around with his bright ass orange cone. <laughs> I mean, he catches more fish than a lot of us. Sometimes it don't matter, but like I always, when I'm out on the flats boat, I'm always trying to wear blues and whites. And when I'm in the, uh, the drift boat, I'm always trying to wear blues and whites again, because it's the same idea. But if I'm on the bank, it's when I usually put in my camo stuff or my darker colors to kind of try to blend in with the, the environment. Um, so there, there is some science behind that camo. It's not just because I thought camo was cool for that moment. Okay. Your, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. For me, is this is this a science side of Bobby just saying that uh fish can actually see colors? 
Well, uh, kind of. I mean, I'm not going to say they don't, right? <laughs> I mean, yet to, we, we, we've yet to prove it. We always see. <laughs> we always say that they they see silhouettes, right? Most of the times, like nighttime, they see silhouettes of blacks and whites, and daytime. Yeah. But then there's times we know, like we said, you know, certain flies, certain colors. They they they're picking and choosing what color flies they want to grab off the top. Right. Well, there was a there was a recent article on fly fishermen actually, where they just looked at how trout see. Mm-hmm. Uh, color is definitely impactful there, though, because if you're fishing sulfurs, which are yellow bugs, as I call them, yeah, uh, and you don't have a yellow bug on, there ain't no way you're getting that trout to eat your fly. Absolutely not. So they definitely can tell the color and the size difference very easily, especially with trout. I understand what they say for deep water because sun don't penetrate as much, right? So all the colors in deep water kind of look the same. Um, so if you're scuba diving, you can wear whatever color you want. That's what I'm going to tell you. And that was, as you know, I think there's only one way to settle this. And that is my new friend Rex is going down to the silver scales fly fishing tournament for the, the flats grand slam, you know, tarpon bone fishing permit. The only way to settle this is for us to go to Mexico with him this weekend (laughs) And get on some of that different camo gear and put it to the test. All right, I'll wear I'll wear camo. You wear bright orange, and I'll just I'll just fish naked. See if I can catch. <laughs> no, quat. You're you're uninvited. It's natural. It's natural colors. Tyler, yeah, you know, tell us about, tell us about your uh, your Rex adventure, though. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. So. Um, yeah. Well, I was down in in Florida for iCast. I got to do a couple of fishing trips. Um, one of them was, um, fishing with a homegrown Pennsylvania guy on, uh, Saturday before I flew home. His name is Rex Hannon. Um, Rex is originally from, I hope I don't screw this up. He is from a a small town up near state college called pot liquor. I'm pretty sure. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I got that one confused, but I'm pretty sure it's where he says from. So Rex moved down to Florida about six years ago. He lives in Jensen beach. Um, and he's done some writing for my real lines fishing magazine. He's wrote a couple articles for us. Great stuff. Um, you know, before I met Rex, I used to tell him, I used to tell everybody Rex is the nicest guy who I've never actually met in person. Um, because just talking to the guy online, he would seem like he'd give you the shirt off his back or do anything for you. Um, and that could not be more true than when I met him in person. Uh, when I found out I was going down to iCast, I said to him, Hey Rex, like love to meet you in person. Um, he's opening up a new fly shop in Jensen Beach himself called Worldwide Flyworks and Outfitters. And I said, Ooh. I'd love to see your new shop. So um, he's like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, I told him I was interested in going after peacock bass and some of the other exotics in freshwater down there. So um, he totally surprised me. He called up some of his friends who called up some of their friends. Um, and one thing led to another. And Saturday, I found myself down in the Fort Lauderdale area fishing some of those canals that go through all kinds of crazy urban areas for pretty much everything and anything of a dozen different species that swims in those canals. And, and success? Yes. Yeah, we did have some success. So, um, you know, those canals, they're, they're not very deep. Most of them are not very wide. And if you could picture just this really dark water with this almost like orangish glow to it like you would think the amazon would have um we're talking about peacock bass mayan cichlids bullseye snakeheads largemouth bass um gar 
snook and tarpon all in these canals, which kind of blew my mind because I didn't really think about snook being in these freshwater canals too. Um, but yeah, I, I came really close to getting a peacock bass twice. Um, the one time it just kind of came up and turned on my lure and swam away right up at the bank. And the second time, as much as it pains me to say it, it actually struck the rock right next to my lure instead of actually hitting it. So that was, uh, that was a heartbreaker, but, um, got a couple of huge Mayan cichlids. I mean, you think about these tropical fish that you put in your aquarium and put them up to the size of a dinner plate or a frying pan. And that's what we're talking about. Um, so got on some of those almost had some peacocks, almost had a snakehead. I had that snakehead all flared up coming over to my lure to hit it. And wind blew a piece of grass down right on top of the line. And that was enough to get that snakehead to turn away. So, um, yeah, I had a big snook kind of checking me out one time too, but he, he wasn't too interested. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great. Rex got a couple of peacocks and some, uh, some of those Mayan cichlids as well. And it was just, it was a really fun day, you know, hanging out with a guy who I'd talked to before, but never actually met. And then also, um, some of his new friends as well. There was a guy named Evan who's going to be doing some of the surf uh, stuff for him in his new shop. Um, another guy named Eric. And then um, the other guy we met was Uncle Bink. Uncle Bink. Um, Uncle who's Bink. His real Uncle Bink, whose real name is actually Spencer. I think his Instagram is Uncle Bink Chronicles. Um, and he was kind of the local boy from that area of South Florida that took us and showed us some of his secret spots. So Shout out to all those guys for showing me some South Florida hospitality and a good time to a, uh, a, a PA boy coming down there to hang out with them and do some fishing. Very nice. That's also one of our uh, past guests, um, backyard man, Justin. Yeah, I got you to did, meet and Justin. You, yeah, you got to meet Justin too at Cortland. Yes. Yeah, I got to meet him. He was, I think he was only there for the, the first full day of the show on Wednesday, but he was over at the Cortland line booth. Our, I saw him post on Facebook about it before. So I was like, oh, I loved his episode in you guys' show. So I had to stop by and, and talk to him and he was so cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting down there sometime and booking a charter with him. Oh, hundred percent. Me and Bobby's put that's on our radar, a cast and blast. Uh, yeah. For those, uh, iguanas, iguanas. right. Man, Ca cast and blast in the glades, man. That's, that's a dream come true right there for me and Bobby. I just that would be awesome. Food. That guy can cook his ass off. Short oh, yeah. lunches. Sure, lunches, and then probably finish the day with me and him doing a collaboration, building a whole feast. Oh, that would be awesome! Of iguana, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I I looked into a couple of iguana recipes. I was like, I could do this. I got this. You know what? I'm I'm down for iguana cast and blast as long as the iguanas don't wake up and attack us in the back of the boat like they do with uh, one of the tide chasers uh, hosts boats. I don't know what you're talking about. I played the fifth with that. Incident. You you played you played the fifth with that one. Yeah. Okay. What you're talking about? <laughs> we have things waking up from the dead, attacking people now. We had a pretty goose pretty okay. much. We had a goose had a goose resurrect. Yeah. Yes. Was, literally. Yeah. Literally. I mean, that, that is that is pretty much the end of the story. I mean, we we downed the goose, put it in the boat, thought it was dead, and it wasn't dead. My buddy was in the back, Colin. Uh, he got whooped. His, his, he got hit right in the knees a bunch of times. I mean, geese are big, man. I know we usually talk about fish, but geese are like they aren't. They aren't the friendliest thing. I've seen videos of geese just chasing people down and whacking them. Yeah. So listen, there is nothing more unsettling than floating down a river. I'm fly fishing up front. Bobby's rowing the boat and hearing the guy in the back yell, "He's up!" And that's it. That's the only thing he says. He's up. And you turn around and say, "What?" And then you see the zombie goose 
<laughs> resurrect like like something out of the walking dead and then followed immediately by him saying plugs out because he kicked the plug out the back of the boat while he was trying to wrestle the goose no oh, that sounds like a fantastic day oh that is an absolute fantastic day oh man we are so off topic right now. <laughs> yeah it, you know what this is what happens when we don't start off the night with like some some bullet points you know oh, we just, we're just going to go off the cuff and do what we do <laughs> and then you throw in some whiskey and freaking jameson into it it's over my gosh we should we should go back to icast here. all right let's get let's, let's, get back, let's get back on the straight train guys i would love to go back to icast if i could get back on a plane right now and go back i would any day of the week i, I want to email icast and ask them like hey guys can you guys move the date for iCast, maybe a week forward, a week back, because you guys have it every year on the week where my wife's birthday is, and that's like uh, impractical. I can't. There's nothing that I could do to get at it. Well, going to iCast is a nice birthday present uh, for me, not for her. <laughs> Go Florida, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my dad lives there. I mean, I could hop over to Disney World, whatever. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm always down there, but it's just. It, all right, let's get All back. Right, on track. Let's get back on track. There's another product I want to talk about. Um, best of category fishing accessory product. Do you remember that, Tyler? Oh, I'm sure I have it written down here somewhere. I can just, I can just cut to the chase. It's the Fraybill Witness Wayne. Yes. Yep. Super cool product. I mean, one of the things that I always want to know is the weight of the fish. And I usually don't take the time to hurt the fish and put it on the scale and that forth. So why don't you talk about it a little? Sure. Um, so yeah, you know, if you're not familiar with Fraybill, I'm sure a lot of us are huge company. Um, they make a lot of great landing nets. I have a couple of them. Um, they also make some other products like, you know, uh, bait stations, bait holders and aerators and all that good stuff. So this new witness way net, um, it, it really is just what they name it. It's a net that it's a very large net that has a built-in 30 pound scale. Um, and it also has a 30 inch ruler on it. And I think it's a 40 inch retractable handle. So the idea is, um, you know, if, if you're somebody that is interested in weighing your fish or measuring your fish, instead of, as you know, Bobby, you were saying, potentially doing harm to the fish by, you know, maybe sticking the hook of the scale up through its mouth or its gills or, you know, uh, laying it down on a, a hard surface to try to get that measurement on it. You can just do it all right in the net. You know, you have the fish in the net, you lift it up, it's going to weigh the fish for you. Um, of course, up to 30 pounds. And I guess if it's breaking the scale 30 pounds, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Um, and then, you know, the, you can hold the fish on the end of the, the, um, uh, net handle and get that measurement and again if it's over 30 inch fish good problem to have so and that kind of makes sense you know I, I know there's some guys out there that have made those like sharpie marks on their rods and other things so that they can hold a fish up to it real quick and try to get mm -hmm. a rough measurement so it just kind of makes sense to do something along those lines um i don't know how easy it is for one person to do if you're out there fishing by yourself to net the fish and try to get that you know, that weight and measurement while you're trying to hold this net. Cause it's not exactly a small thing. Um, but you know, if you're out there with a buddy or, you know, even if you're just by yourself and you're trying to get a weight, I, I wouldn't think it'd be all that challenging to do. That would be a nice net for everything. You know, it's pretty much like a boga mashed together with a freaking net. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to deal with the sharp parts of that fish. Yep. 
Exactly. Exactly. Because I know like for, for somebody like myself, a lot of times anymore, unless it's something that's really big, um, I don't I don't measure my fish that often unless I'm trying to keep them. You know, if I'm just releasing them, if I'm taking it out of the water for more than a, you know, a couple of seconds, it's just to get a picture with it and then let it go. But something like that makes it a lot more convenient to try to get some of those things. Um, you know, if you're just trying to get some rough dimensions and let, let your fish go. Yeah, super cool. Glad they came up with that. I hope it's, well, I, I think it's going to increase fish uh, survival over time. Yep. They just need to make it in some like extra large jumbo versions for like muskies, you know, like and stuff like that, you know, that'd be great. I, I, you know, I would think that, I mean, you know, as far as like measuring the fish itself, obviously, you know, you got good muskies going to be over 30 inches, but yeah. as, as big as that net was, I'm trying to remember how deep it, it is, but you could probably land a muskie in it. Um, it looked, similar in size to my musky net that I have here at home. Listen, I'm sure Fraybo is working on the bigger and better net, right? Already. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's coming out. I'm sure they're going to get a bigger one out. Yeah. They're, they're definitely got to make a, a jumbo version. Yeah. Get, get, get one big enough. You can weigh your billfish in it, right? There you go. <laughs> make it safe for everybody. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you. You're a snakehead fisherman. Uh, I wouldn't claim that, but I would say I attempt to. Yes. What's the What's the one lure you use for snakeheads more than anything else? Frogs. How do you store your frogs? In a plano box that really sucks. <laughs> well, we're off to the right start. He named the right company for what we're going to be talking the right about. Company. Yeah, light company, but the problem with storing them in a regular plano boxes, especially the stuff we fish in, it's scummed up, it's scum. It, it, it just makes it really, really freaking icky in those in those boxes, man. And and you know what it is? The frogs always hold the water, so it's just like, there's no way to get all dispersed. So right, so, so there must be a better way. Yes, Bobby. It has to be, right? <laughs> it's just like an info commercial. Yeah, pretty much. So what could that better way be, Bobby? Well, let's throw it to Tyler here. Well, guys, it's a good thing you asked because Plano came out with a new frog box. Um, yeah, so I think it was last year, the year before, Plano, which, you know, I'm sure whether we realize it or not, probably every plastic tackle storage box you own is made by Plano. They may just not have their label on it. Um, and they came out with a new Edge series, which is supposed to be their top of the line tackle storage Um system and this year they expanded that to come out with one specifically designed for frogs so you know if you think about those frogs i'm sure most of us are picturing that kind of soft hollow body frog with mm -hmm. the double hooks and yep. those like long string like tails coming off the back um and if you're like me i have a couple of those in my bass box and you know you stuff them in there and the, the tails are always getting pinched in the box as you're trying to close it up and everything but this one actually has a system of hangers in it so you open it up and essentially, I forget how many it can store. It's quite a few. Um, but, you know, the, most of those frogs have the little eyelet at the end. You're just going to hang it up on that. It hangs up uh, vertically. So it's not going to get pinched. It's not going to get tangled. Um, all the water is just going to drain off of it. And then the, the kind of materials and the way those Plano edge boxes are designed, it helps to uh, cut down on any kind of rust that you're going to have on those hooks over time. Um, so Plano, you know, with their edge series has done a good job with trying to come up with ways in which they can, um, you know, help some of that water evaporate or drain out without 
sticking to your baits and rusting them all out. How big is this box? I'm, I'm staring at it. I'm just, how big is it? Do you think, would you say? Mm, it's not, you know, I want to say it's like medium size. I mean, it's not, you know, we're not talking about something real tiny, like something you could just throw in a backpack um, and still have a lot of space, but at the same time, it's not super big and bulky either. Um, and, you, you know, and I saw an example uh, where they did have the whole thing filled up with frogs. Yeah. And I want to say there was probably at least two dozen frogs in there, if not more. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to find a new way to like organize my top water, like spooks and stuff for the boat. Cause you know, put them in a panel box, you know how, when you put stuff like with, especially with trebles in there or a single hook, yeah. they all get jammed up on each other. So you're pulling out a bundle of like 10 spooks all jammed up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find an easier way to organize that, you know, I could just literally pop the top and be able to pull a spook out without getting hooked up on anything else. The only reason I thought of that, because Bob, remember we went out with Sam Scott you know, and he had those two in crazy, insane, like plexiglass made boxes with all his musky lures on there. And they were just like, he just flipped the top and they were perfectly hung every single one. And he literally just reach in and pull them out didn't tangle, didn't get stuck on anything else. He had one for like all his like uh, hard lures and then he had one for his flies. So it's kind of like, it was like, it was like, it didn't matter. He had like 12 inch, like, you know, I don't even know what kind of, it was big jumbo grubs. He had whale tails in there. You know, he had all, all the crazy musky lures that you musky guys freaking have in that in this box and it, it held every single size so to me i'm thinking like i wish i had something out on my boat instead of like oh crap i need to swap out to another spook or different color instead of like running into the back digging out my plano box you know pulling out my nine thousand spooks hooked up on one trying to get my yellow one out i could just pretty much pop the top and just reach and grab my one yellow one that i need i you think know, right. work for that. that's what i was thinking like I, I kind of want to see the size of it because I mean, spooks aren't, I mean, especially backwater spooks aren't ginormous, but you know, like I'm, if, it, if I can hold anywhere between like 10 to 15 spooks in that box, I'd be happy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to picture it and, and I'm sure you guys, cause having used those baits a lot more, you know, you can picture it a little bit better in that box, but um, that's definitely the way, you know, Plano and some of these other smaller tackle storage companies are going is, you know, moving away from just, here's a box with dividing trays, throw your baits in it. Hopefully you have enough space to separate them or, you know, you're going to have to buy a thousand boxes where they're, you know, I think it was first kind of the spinner bait movement. They were moving towards putting all these spinner baits in a separate mm-hmm. box. And now yeah. it's kind of going that way with frogs, um, you know, and, and hopefully maybe they'll start to move into those kinds of things with saltwater too, because I think right now a lot of it is geared towards um, bass fresh, fishing. Yeah, fresh, yeah. I mean, yeah. people don't realize how important organization this, you know, as fly fishermen, we do because have you ever seen Bobby pop open one of his boxes? He's got nymphs lined up perfectly. Seven, eight of the identical nymphs. Next one, he's got seven, eight, you know, worms. He's got all his freaking eggs, sex, everything lined up perfectly one by one. So it's like he knows where he wants and he just grabs it. And then when he gets home, he just replaces the one he broke off. So and I'm like, really that and I'm really thankful for that because you know, me as a new fly fisherman, I'm digging through them, like holding it up. I'm like, oh, okay, this looks good. And then I catch a trout on it. I'm sending a picture to Bobby saying, hey, what is this? Yeah, yeah exactly. And he'll come up with something like, that's like a five-tier Appalachian gnat that grew on like a six-foot tree that you have to dig three rocks to get out of. 
Okay. Yep. Yeah. And oh. then he sends me back a picture of it and says, this is what it is with the name. And mm-hmm. I'm like that. I'm like that meme of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV, yeah. you know, where he's like, yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, that's that's me. Then when he sends me back a picture of the fly with the actual real name of it, instead of yeah. whatever I was thinking, he'll, it was. he'll send me the larvae form, the emerger and what it pops up into when it finally grows up. I was like, OK, well, I just wanted to know what that one was. <laughs> I didn't need the life cycle of that bug. But that's what you got to understand to be good. You got to understand, like, OK, that's what they're feeding on, which means there's probably going to be adults around one day. See, I, I understand a little bit of that stuff just because I took a freshwater biology class in high school and that was like a whole big unit was all these underwater macro invertebrates, all the stone flies and mayflies and all that kind of stuff. So I at least have like a crash course on that, but not as much as Bobby, obviously. All right. Well, here we go going off subject again. But that's Yeah, we did. But let's get into terminal tackle since we're already there. Yeah, definitely. Um, terminal tackle. Well, we did already talk about the diesel jig eyes, right? Jig heads. Yep. Uh, well, the terminal tackles came out this year. Anything uh, new? My favorite thing is just from the name. I mean, the Berkeley slobber knocker. What is that? I saw yeah, the, the slobber knocker. So um, the slobber knocker is actually a um, it's a freshwater hard lure. It is essentially um, a vibrating jig. So, you know, if if you know what a Z-man chatterbait is, which is mm-hmm. essentially like a skirted jig with this big square blade up on the top that vibrates as you retrieve it through the water, right? Well, Z-Man came out with that first and they called it a chatterbait. And then every other company decided they had to come out with one too. And so now they just started calling it a vibrating jig because, you know, trademark is king. Um, So yeah, Berkeley for all the things that they make for being the biggest freshwater bass fishing lure company, there's two things that they didn't have prior to this year. And that was a spinnerbait and a vibrating jig. And I kind of thought about it before I went down the show and I thought, I bet they're going to come out with those two things. And sure enough, they did. So the slobber knocker is Berkeley's version of a vibrating jig. Um, yeah, it's got a great name. It's pretty cool. You know, I, I think in my bass box, I have Z-Man chatter baits, but you know, um, I've seen strike King thunder crickets too. And now the slobber knocker and it's, it seems pretty cool. They were pretty excited about it. Um, I think it won best new freshwater hard lure. And then they even came out with a brand new power bait soft plastic called the Berkeley Power Stinger, which is like this uh, very realistic looking minnow um, that they have printed in their HD true color technology. It makes it look really realistic for a soft plastic to pair up with it. That does look pretty realistic. Yeah, all those new Berkeley baits are super cool. I mean, that is pretty much... A different version of the the Berkeley Gilly they came out with last year. It's got kind of the yes. same technology, just looks a little different. Um, probably a little more versatile with its profile. Um, neat bait. Gonna have to try it out. That's for sure. Yeah, I I definitely think the Power Stinger. You I mean it's designed to be fished on that vibrating jig, the slobber knocker, but you could probably throw it on a lot of other stuff and catch fish with it with the action that it's got. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, the kicking crab. Yeah. Yeah. That thing just looks weird, but it's cool. cool. It's really cool. Um, I would say, you know, out of all the big lure companies like Berkeley and Strike King and Z-Man to me impressed me the most with the new products they were coming out, both in just the design of some of them and the range of products they came out with. So um, the, you know, other than the, uh, the eye strike jig heads, the big Z-Man that took home the award was the um, called the kicker crab with the big Z at the end. Um, 
you know, it was the best new saltwater soft floor. So essentially it is this little oval shaped soft plastic crab. Um, and it, you know, it's got these little like nubs for antennas and everything on the front and you, you rig it up and you fish it like a swim bait, but the swim bait tail is the claw of the crab. So, you know, if, if you see it real fast, move through the water on some of the, the videos I saw, it almost looks like a tadpole swimming through kind of, but when you look at it, you're like, oh, it actually is, that's the full claw, the crab, um, that they went for on there. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, with that, that new Z-Man bait, um, it's, it swims on its side. And like I said, the tail is in the claw. So some of the other new soft plastic stuff that Z-Man came out with for saltwater, you can definitely tell it is more geared to like, uh, I want to say almost a Southern fishery. They also came out with a, a shrimp called the shrimp Z that's designed to be fished on a Ned head, uh, jig head. That is probably one of the most realistic soft plastic shrimp that I've seen, you know, I'm sure maybe a lot of us have fished with a Berkeley uh, gulp shrimp. Mm. This, this looks like it would have a lot more action to it and a much more natural shrimp profile. In my opinion, I guarantee that would be like insane for like flounder or fluke down South, you know, flounder, flounder down South and fluke up here, you know, cause you know, like five like, times claw. Well, five, five sips it is. But yeah, like, Early season, you know, those, those, you know, those flounder and fluke are on shrimp, you know what I mean? In the shallow yep. early season. So that would be a deadly bait, even for us up here, you know? I mean, honestly, I'm looking at the kicker crab now, and I think, I mean, on a jig head, we could probably bump it real slow in our backwaters, and it would still be able to pick up fish. Probably. And, you know, kind of what, what I saw those baits marketed towards was more kind of the redfish speckled trout scene, mm -hmm. which makes sense. Um and I almost thought too, that that would be perfect for redfish because the day after I cast on Friday, I went out with uh, my friend Hunter Bach out in uh, Northeast Florida. And we went out sight fishing for redfish in the shallow water flats. And you can actually see the redfish chasing blue crabs um, in some of those oyster beds and stuff. So I was thinking, oh, you know, if they're chasing that, then, you know, maybe this is something you could throw to it. Just get it right up in their face and twitch it and get them to smash it. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want a shrimp lure, um, Live Target won the new saltwater hard lure uh, called the Live Target Live Shrimp. Mm -hmm. uh, and man, I mean, if you pull it up on Google right now, it is the um, most realistic shrimp I've ever seen. I'm staring at yes. it. I'm staring at it. Like when I look at it, I'm just like, you know, this would be deadly on because I was in the Outer Banks a few weeks ago and I was fishing the back, the Pamlico Sound uh, with my buddy Ryan from Century. And dude, this would look insane on the uh in the back of a popping fork like yeah. literally cast out and just literally pop pop this thing would slay speckles and the uh, the redfish back there when yeah. i was talking to the guys from uh from live target they were super excited about that shrimp and some of the other baits they were coming out with and you know live target if you've ever seen one in the store you pick it up and you see it's like i don't know i'm just gonna make this up like 15 dollars. Mm -hmm. you know i mean if you're a musky fisherman that's cheap um, but if you're anybody else, you're thinking, oh, geez, that's expensive for a lure. You know, do I really want to buy it? And I think it's one of those things where if you get over the hump, you buy a, a few and you use them and you like them, then you're just going to keep buying them because they are super, super, uh, realistic. Like, you know, like you guys were saying with the shrimp, um, it comes in two different sizes. And one of the interesting things about that shrimp is they come with these little weights that are almost shaped like a bell and they go underneath the shrimp. 
there's a clip um, and you clip them onto the shrimp. There's, I think there's three different weight sizes that it comes in. And what the guys with live target were telling me is the way you really want to fish it is just to kind of pop it up and then let it fall back down because um, all the antennas, the legs of the shrimp, those are all made of like a really durable soft plastic, even though it's a hard body. So as it falls back down, all that stuff's going to flare out um, as it goes down hit the bottom. And um, one of the other things I really like is, and somebody brought this up, I think it was a good point. When you see a lot of these shrimp baits, the hook is curved facing the same direction as the head of the shrimp is going, which isn't really natural because you think about it, shrimp is usually swimming backwards in the water mm -hmm. when it's trying to escape from something. So they, they have it oriented, the hook oriented like that, you know, as if you're pulling it back to you and you're pulling the tail of the shrimp first, as opposed to the head. Right. Cause if, if everyone had any experience with live shrimp, if you try to grab one, they're going to shoot backwards. That's, that's yeah. their first natural thing. And I mean, the setup, the setup looks good on this. I really like it the way it's set up. Yeah. And they came out with a, uh, one that's a crayfish too. Um, so, you know, very similar setup, just like the shrimp, but it's a crayfish. So, you know, if you're like me and a lot of summer spent chasing after smallmouth or walleye, they're going to love that. Very nice. I want to talk about one more thing. What do we got? The best boating accessory, huh. only because it reflects or, or applies to uh, our co-host over there, Mr. Qua. Um, but Fraybill came out what they're calling the Fraybill Recharge. I saw that. I was like, the Lux aerator. I don't know if Tyler, if you paid so much attention, but it is a portable aerator that you can stick kind of pretty much in anything. Yeah, you know what? I did see it. Um... I can't say that I have that many notes on it, to be honest. I, I tried to take notes on so many different things when I was at the show. But, yeah, you know, Fraybill, they come out with those aerators. Um, and this is kind of their newest, latest and greatest one that, like you said, the idea is portability. So, you know, um, if you're trying to carry your live bait around, um, you know, especially you think about, like, I'm sure those big yellow and white Fraybill uh, live bait buckets that everybody mm -hmm. up north is putting killies in or other bait and stuff and you're trying to transport it in your car and they're cooking in the heat with no oxygen you know you can throw one of those in there it's pretty easy just to kind of uh, get it clipped on and you got yourself a little bit of flowing water to help keep that bait fresh when you're moving from place to place here's what's clutch about this and i'm looking at it too it's like you know how every time if you guys do older the older fray bills like the bubbles or something like that right and you guys go out, you take, you throw it in a bucket, you're like, all right, let's go, go fish. You get to the, you get to the launch, get your bait, you turn it on and guess what? You ain't got batteries or it's, or it's dead. Yep. Right. This is rechargeable. Now, depending on how they do it, built it. And if it's, if it's like waterproof and like you could charge it and then and waterproof and it, it somehow it miraculously is like rust proof because Number one thing on those freaking aerators is the springs and all the little screws and stuff inside start rusting and the connections for your batteries just, they just, they get trashed after like a, a season or two. Mm. If, if, if this is built, I didn't read about it yet, but if this is built like pretty much almost sealed and it's rechargeable, it's going to be super clutch. I yeah. Mean, I, I think I have some more kind of extensive notes on it if I go back into my stuff. So um, you know, since I know you guys are interested about that, when I do the, um, the real lines 
uh, magazine write-up because I'm going to be coming out with an iCast edition with all the, the new products. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely take a look at that one and go back in my notes and look and see what I have on and try to do some writing about that too. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Any other products we want to hit, Tyler? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just looking through through my notes here real quick. We we had quite a few of them. Um, most of the important stuff we did. Hit. I think we got most of them. I mean, we left out some clothing, but um, yeah. if you're into yeah. clothing, um, AFCO usually sweeps up and Sims won a couple things. Yeah, yeah, Sims was really impressive. I got to talk to some of their people. Um, they're a great guy named Pat who I met who works for Sims. Um, he handles all their stuff up here in the Northeast. And it's just, it's very impressive with Sims, the amount of dedication that they put into products and how they go above and beyond with their apparel. A um, couple of other things that I saw, one that was really cool to me, Strike King came out with a new soft plastic rage craw that I use a lot in freshwater, but they actually put a rattle inside of the soft plastic, which I thought was pretty neat. I hadn't really seen anything like that before. Um, Strike King is also, if you like Strike King products for freshwater, they're starting to get into saltwater more and more. So they're coming out with saltwater, soft plastic lures, saltwater hard lures. A lot of them look like their freshwater stuff right now um, and just kind of rebranded as saltwater stuff and with some minor tweaks. But uh, I would imagine they're going to start to come out with some more things as well. Um, For those of you that like fish bites, if you use those to catch your live bait or do some surf fishing, Berkeley just came out with their own version called surf bites um so it's the berkeley gulp um formula and i know berkeley gulp for those that like the swimming mullets and the jerk shads and all that kind of stuff they came out with new colors as well so there's going to be some new colors available sweet yep um yeah i think that's i think that's a lot I think of we've covered mostly here. all the things besides the clothing but everything else is that it's good that's pretty the, much let's let's talk some about the some of the cool people you've met while you're there you know what i mean because i know yeah down there it's probably like a good amount of starstruck people you could just literally stand by right yes so, so, yes let's, oh yeah let's, let's name a couple of cool people and you know your inner how your interactions with them were well bobby can attest from last year when our first year going down to icast that i was pretty much starstruck you know it was like walking around hollywood but fishing's version of hollywood so um you know if you like professional bass fishing Every major professional bass fisherman goes to ICAST because they're always at their booths. Um, some of the legends in the industry, like Bill Dance, Jimmy Houston, Roland Martin, um, they're all at ICAST. Um, Kevin Van Dam, you know, some of those guys. Um, also, some, some, a lot of guys that are local to our area up here and have been on Tide Chasers, guys like, you know, we talked about Justin from uh, Cast Align. Um, Alberto, Alberto is an ICAST. I managed to track him down and talk to him, uh, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned Nick Konashevsky before. Uh, Guy Harvey, Guy Harvey's there. Bobby's number one. That's Bobby's guy right there. Not wearing a shirt right now, but I usually am. Yeah, it was it was cool because actually last year we got to sit down and do a about thirty minute interview with Guy Harvey, so that was really neat. I know Bobby wasn't expecting it to be the actual. Guy Harvey. Not at all. I thought it was going to be a representative for the Guy Harvey brand, and it was yep. a real deal. Um, um, we forget. Jim, Jim Hutch is always there. Shout yes. out to Yeah, I knew I was forgetting somebody. Yep, Jim Hutchinson, and um, uh, I know Matt Broderick, who's also on the Fisherman Magazine staff. Those guys are both there. I chatted with them. They're always great to talk to, along with um, a few other people from the Fisherman Magazine. 
staff. Um, trying to think if there was anybody else down there. I was trying to, you know, meet some people that I watch on, on TV and also uh, some people who are local and have been on Tide Chasers and, and all that good stuff. A few guys, a few of our guys was down there, like uh, Brandon and all them, those, the flood, flood Tide Media guys, they're wandering around. Uh, a, few, a few random guys. Well, I think that's a wrap on the ICAST season. Now we got to look forward to 2023. Yeah, we're going to hopefully 2023, we can get a, a real line co and a tie chases collab going down to together one trip. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out something. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's bittersweet as you go up the escalators from the show floor and they say, see you at ICAST 2023. And I'm like, I just waited so long for ICAST 2022. Um, it's it's the greatest event in the fishing industry. And now I got to wait another year for it. So I'm, I'm happy, but I'm also sad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, that gives people, it gives these companies a whole nother year to come out with some new stuff, you know? Absolutely. And the number one thing you got to do if you go down to ICAST besides hitting up happy hour is you got to book fishing trips while you're in Florida. You got to get it all in. That's that. That's, that's definitely one of those things. And if you have fishing friends in the industry and if they do have all face from ICAST, that's when you start fishing with them. Oh, hundred percent. Well, Tower, should we call it a wrap for the evening? Yeah, sure. We can do that. Uh, we appreciate you going down and checking all the products and bringing back the news to us. Oh, absolutely. There. Um, but hopefully next year we'll get there. So next year, yeah. we'll, next year, next year we get the opportunity. We're going to try to do maybe a live broadcast down there. You know, live broadcast, live live episode right on the floor or something in that area. Yeah, that would be awesome. Definitely um, doing like some live, you know, Instagram stories or live videos is something that uh, I should probably do more of when I'm down there. But it's just, you know, between trying to take notes and take pictures and all that kind of stuff, that's, uh, yeah. you know, ends up getting pushed down the totem pole. Exactly. So many people to see, so many products to review. Four days is not enough. Four days is definitely not enough. No, definitely, definitely not. If you want to spend a lot of time at every single booth. Exactly. So... All right. Um, besides that, thank you. Thank you, Tyler, for taking the time out of your day or evening right now to uh, give us a rundown of iCash, you know, so it better prepares us for, for the actual trip next season. Sure. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, guys. All right. Well, besides that, guys, uh, keep up with Tyler on his uh, fishing magazine, Rio Taiko. Uh, you know what? Let me let you let Tyler tell you where you can find him at instead of me trying to babble it out sure so uh thanks why if you um want to read more about kind of all the new products that we've been talking about from icast either on tonight's show or some of the other ones we didn't get to um you can uh, follow us on instagram at real lines fishing co that's r-e-e-l um you can follow us on instagram or facebook um you can also visit our website www.reallinesfishingco.com um where we have our in addition to our quarterly magazines that we come out with we're, I'm also going to be working on the iCast edition, so I'll try to have as many photos and write-ups about all the new products that I can uh, in that edition. So, um, you know, it's definitely a lot to digest. I'm going to be working on that, but you guys can check it out, and I'll have it posted on uh, Instagram and Facebook once it's up and live on the website. Um, it's completely free. It's entirely digital, completely free. So you can go on and view it um, and read through what you want of it, and uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to go check it out. All right. Well, sounds good. Once again, 
Thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure having you on, as always, Tyler. And we'll definitely get you back on for another episode of something else. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Yep. You have a good night. Thanks. All right, Bobby. That's another wrap. Yeah. I mean, Tyler's great. He knows his stuff. He does. He knows his stuff and he keeps on, he keeps notes. He keeps every little thing you know, handy. He's very detailed and organized. I like that because if he, if he didn't keep it de- organized and detailed, Bobby would be all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's about right. But like, I don't remember. I don't remember what that was. I don't, I don't know. Bob, Bob, like what we said, Bobby's there for happy hour, man. That's right. I'm there for the networking and to hopefully see some cool stuff. Most there. of the networking. Most of the networking and then the cool stuff and the drinks come in between. That's right. All right, cool. Well, that was definitely interesting. I liked the coverage on all the products. Uh, if anything, we'll we'll try to link as many of the products in our tags, you know, for the podcast. So if you guys want to check out these products, uh, not sure what their release dates are, just keep an eye on those. But a lot of very interesting products out there. So just make sure you guys keep an eye on those. Um, a lot of so the release dates are fall. Is it usually fall? Most of the yeah, release dates on those fall, things usually in the fall or. I know, I know the pen reel comes out in the fall at least, so that's September-ish, but I think a lot of them come out then. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Another good night. Let's wrap this up, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for sitting in on another episode of Titus Podcast. If you haven't already done so, make sure you guys like, subscribe, share our podcast, leave us great comments in the reviews, help us out a lot. Um, also, just follow us on, on our social medias, you know, um, Facebook, at Tetris Podcast and also on Instagram at Ty underscore Chaser. Uh, besides that, uh, keep those lines tight, everyone, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop, and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.